This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Noom uses the latest in proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom, N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 Healthy and Delicious Recipes to Promote Better Living, available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hi, my name is Sharon Horgan. And I feel exhausted about being Conan O'Brien's Oh, for friend. Christ's sake. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Joined, I'm going to switch it up now, by Matt Gorley. Oh, I go first? You go first. Oh, I'm nervous. Yeah, don't worry. That's all there is. And Sonam Obsession. <laughs> Hi. And uh, I'm back. Oh, you're going to try again? <laughs> you're going to try again? No. I, I've been mentioning a couple times on the podcast recently that I did a bunch of recordings when I was uh, in New York City. And that includes the guest today. Mm was recorded in New York City. And what happens when you record in New York City is when we're here in LA, we get together at this cool clubhouse that we have here on the Larchmont area of uh, kind of central Hollywood. This is our lair. Mm -hmm. This is like if, you know that place the Joker hangs out in that's got lots of, you know, jokery things in the background or if the Riddler hangs out there, there's lots of question marks. You don't want to go with like the Spectre Volcano from James Bond, that Blofeld? No, thing? I'm going to stick with this. All right. I know you're using a lot of villains. Um, okay. Well, I do think of myself as a villain, okay. a comedic villain or, or penguins in like an ice cave with lots yeah, of penguins. Yeah. This is a, a Conan lair yeah. that yeah, we're in right now. Yeah. It's very comfortable and cozy. When I'm in New York, I go to the SiriusXM offices, uh, which are in Midtown to do the recordings. Hmm. And when you walk in, uh, you you can back me up on this, uh, uh, Adam. Adam Sachs is here, who's the evil genius behind everything we do. He's the one pull it, pulling the puppet strings. 
Adam, you're aware yes. that you walk in and there's this big kind of atrium and there's a giant screen yes. and a big wraparound couch. And it's a very large kind of festive area. And it's packed. It's packed with people who were coming to do recordings on for Sirius. It's like a combination lobby. So people who are just there for meetings or yep. for work uh, and also for people who are for talent who's coming in to go guest on podcasts. Three times. Radio. Three times I walked into the building and there's just a whole bunch of, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who they are, but uh, just packed with entourages oh. and I'm being introduced to people. And it's like, this is Little Boogie. Oh, and uh, you met little boogie. I met little boogie. <laughs> you made me Max have a little boogie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, at, or I walk in, and it's always like nine bodyguards. Everyone's all decked out in various kinds of costumes, oh. and then uh, lots of rappers. I think yeah. lots of rappers, mm-hmm. um, and everyone seems happy to see me, which is nice. And they'll come up and they'll say, "Mad respect," mm. and oh. so I. I would just say right back at you. <laughs> oh. And then they'll say, you know, you know, uh, uh, Admiral Chaz. And um, he used you to- You met Admiral Chaz? <laughs> yeah. And Lil for, Boogie? For, no, formerly Lil Boogie. Formerly Lil yeah, Boogie. he's now Admiral Chaz. Oh, oh my wait. God. He, okay, wow. Yeah. But anyway, I just feel kind of overwhelmed because I think I have to get my- I need to catch up. I want to be able to walk into a room and know instantly who everybody is. But don't you see that you could have had an entourage if you brought us with you? And yet again, I can't another know. You, reason. This was these were entourages. We these can guys, be entourages. We're no, cool. yeah, we no, are. no. These are you know. We'll like, put on sunglasses. No, inside. Well, but I, you really get in there though with these entourages, though. Oh, I get I, in. I, I, I walked out of the bathroom at one point. You were surrounded by oh, no. one of the entourages, and you were making. Did you know who laugh. it was? I didn't no, know who it was, and know. I'm getting lots of hugs, and I'm being told "mad respect." So I started saying "mad respect." Oh, and at one point, I think I was talking to someone who was just there to fix the air conditioning, <laughs> and I was telling them "mad respect." But um, I just need to. I need to know what's happening. I mean, I got a big boost because my daughter took me. Uh, to um, Coachella yeah. last uh, summer, and it it gave me a good you know like I saw a lot of bands, but it's you've got to really I mean at my age you've got to really work at it. You have to take out some seventies like cop show info to make no, room for that don't stuff. Do that. Yeah. Don't or okay, um, that's a that's valuable knowledge of which presidents in the sixties and fifties made which Supreme Court appointments. No. There you go. That no. has to come out. That no. maybe comes out, and then new people come no, in. No, no, no. I have no. You have to make room because you have to make room. I, you know, it would just be uh, fantastic. Entourages anyway, are fleeting, though. I need. You know? you know what I need from now on, Adam? I need prep when I'm going to work yeah. at Sirius. I need someone to prep me. Because I'm walking in and it's just not going to... Well, Eduardo, Eduardo. Eduardo's, yeah. Eduardo. Come on. Did, no, ser- no, seriously. Would you know who everyone was? Uh, probably not everyone, but I guess I'd probably know more than the table. Well, I, I just also... Oh, I'd yeah, probably you know would. all of them. I probably and know also, all you know, it's just, it's yeah, just one of those Matt, things where mm-hmm. I... You know of course, all of yeah, them. Oh, would. I know. I knew. I already, no, no, no. I they, do know. No, no they weren't holding banjos. <laughs> oh, they weren't? No. Okay, then let's no one go had Eduardo. No one had a loot. Loot scoop boogie was there? I think but we can I, prep hopping and yeah. he can Oh be, no, it's going to get filtered through David Hopping. Well, he can whisper in your ear. Who's from this tiny town in Southern Illinois? He's not going to know. 
No, Eduardo will prep. Eduardo no, no, Eduardo will, will prep. I just need in. Eduardo by my side yeah, we just probably Eduardo. all the time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like Tony Hale and Veep just yes, whispering. Yes, that's, what I, was, that was, that's what I was picturing. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. I, mean, I will they, say this. I will say this. This is just completely random, but just it, uh, file this under, you never know where you're going to meet talented people. I was, wa- was going to take a walk up through Central Park and meet a friend of mine, and I'm walking up the west side, and I realized, oh, I don't have any sunblock on, and it's really sunny out today. Oh, no. And you know that doesn't go well for me, Sona. Right. You've been with me when I, yes. you start to smell bacon cooking. Mm. So uh, when I'm in the sun for more than five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So one of those, those places, Blue Mercury, Yes. I see one of those and I go in, this young woman uh, says, can I help you? And I go, I'm just looking for some sunscreen. And she really quickly found me this great sunscreen. And she talked me out of getting tinted. She went, no, you don't want tinted. You just get this. Uh-huh. She was great. And so I started chatting with her. And she didn't know She didn't know who I She's very young. She didn't know who I am. Other people in this, she noticed that other people in the store knew who I, you know, who I am. So she said, oh, do you? And I said, yeah, no, I know. I work in television stuff. And she said, well, I'm, I work on, I'm a recording artist but i'm i'm really working on it and then i said well let me see what you've got and she starts showing me her videos and she's great oh and she's doing all these synchronized dances on these very professional and her name is tk and she was great and i thought you know you're I gonna wanna, i just want to give a shout out that's to cool. tk no, who nice. who put uh i mean she sold me so i just was so inspired by her because i she showed me a bunch of her videos and then i mentioned her to my daughter who started looking up more of her videos uh-huh. and she said she's really good and uh maybe she, you discovered her she gets all these uh her friends to help her out who are dancers and she has these very professional looking uh you know dance synchronized dance moves and you should uh, introduce her to Lil Boogie yeah and Admiral Chaz yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you make her sign a contract that if she becomes big then you get a piece of whatever I made she- her I asked I made her sign a contract that if she gets big she has to buy me uh one tube of sunscreen. One tube, Conan, you could ask for more than sunscreen. Uh, trust me, you know, <laughs> life's been good to me, but I'll never have enough sunscreen. <laughs> but no, it's tube. just TK is, uh, she was, I don't know, I was very impressed with her and I thought, That's cool. if I remember, um, you know, my brain is failing rapidly, but if I remember, I'll give a shout out to my friend who works at Blue Mercury, kind of midtown, just uh, Central Park South, who uh, helped out a struggling, rapidly burning Conan O'Brien. Mm. Oh, okay. Did you find TK? Uh, found it. It's TK, T-K-A-Y. Think this is her? Yes, yes, that's her. That's TK. Shout out to TK. Well, I'm glad you got sunscreen. Yeah. You need it. Yeah, thanks. Son. You that's... really, really, really need it. Well, we don't need to do yeah, that. Or you'll die. Well, yeah. it's the slowest moving cancer, skin cancer. Here we go. Oh, God. Uh, oh, man. Sorry to bum everyone out. It just means uh, it's easy. Just get checked out, everybody. I get checked out every 30 minutes. I got to... <laughs> I go to a drive-through dermatologist. I'm like, uh, hey, my guest today is a hilarious writer, actor, and comedian behind such shows as Catastrophe and Pulling. Her latest show is absolutely amazing. Bad Sisters just won a Peabody Award and is available to stream on Apple TV Plus. Also, uh, they just won the BAFTA, oh, which is a huge deal. So, very excited she's here today. Sharon Horgan, welcome. I was on my way in here apprehensive because I was like, she's Irish. I know that you, you know, were born, I think, in, in London, which I think of you as Irish. And the oh, Irish yeah. are going to claim you. Yeah. Whether you want to be claimed or not because of, of all your success. Be claimed. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish are, are tougher on me than anybody. Are they? They are. Well, well, I suppose for the most part, we are we are tough 
on our own. We are tough on and our own. And then occasionally not. Like, I was there last weekend at the, do you know the IFTAs? I don't know the IFTAs. Well, they're like the Irish BAFTAs. Okay. Um, the Irish Film and Television Academy Awards. And um, and the the Irish really like Bad Sisters. I don't think they've ever re- really liked anything I've, I've done before. Not so much. Really? Yeah, well, not, not in a way where it was like, it just felt like they really liked it. So they were really happy with me. I think that's fantastic. And it's yeah. deserved. Thank you. First of all, I loved Catastrophe. Thank you. But... Uh, I think maybe there wasn't enough Irish people in Catastrophe for the Irish. Right. I mean, there was me. But you're living in that, you're living in London in that show. So yes. maybe I could see the Irish going, what's going on here? Why is she over in London? <laughs> what's London got that we don't got? And then, uh, but Bad Sisters, <laughs> I watched this uh, show Absolutely loved it. I think you're brilliant. Uh, you're such a good writer. This cast you put together. And then you, the key, and I don't want to give away too much. I want people to watch this show. <clears throat> what I will tell you uh, is it's a group of sisters and their common enemy is someone they would like to get rid of. And for something like this to work, in my opinion, you really have to hate that person. The villain has to be, because otherwise you're terrible, terrible people. Yeah. And good God, did you do a good job? <laughs> I've never hated anybody more than I hated this uh, this brother-in-law yeah. of yours. The actor's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he is. But um, every episode that went by, I just it ended with me saying, "He has to. We have to kill him. He's we have to get rid of him. He's fantastic. Absolutely odious, yeah. man. And and also, you kind of had to you had to make sure that you didn't like. Um, show all his his terribleness in that first exactly. or second episode. You can't like first of all, he's just you know you just think wouldn't want to sit beside him at a at a dinner party. You know, right? He's just like an awful like uncle or I don't know why I chose uncles, but you know they are the worst of all the, the relatives, I suppose. Yeah. So he's he's you know part of this family, but they they don't really like him. They just have to put up with him, and then it slowly over the course of this season he. He, you know, becomes more and more of a monster until yeah. it's 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 criminal and it's um yeah he's he's, he's one of the worst people I've ever encountered. He is. Um, and I'm he's glad a, he's fictitious because yeah. if he really existed, I wouldn't want to live in that world. But they, I mean, he probably does. I mean, they probably exist all over the place. I mean, well, I, I have, work in television, so of yes, course, they do. Yes. In American television. We've met them. We've worked with them. We've worked for them. <laughs> I've, be, pe- I've been that guy for periods of my life. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> oh, no, I'm him, him right now, actually. Um, but oh, no, no. I, I would like to think I'm not. But uh, it's a, just so- a lot of people got in touch and said, um, you know, my, my sister is married to someone like that. Or yeah. I had someone like that in my life for a long time. And so I know I know they're out there. So, um, so much to talk about. We start with, you know, we brought up this Irish connection. My, I'm, a, I'm 100% Irish. I got a genetic test and I might be more Irish than you. I bet Uh, you are. And um, there's a lot in the culture, even though I've moved, um, you know, not lived in Ireland, I've visited certainly, but there's a lot of it that I understand on like a molecular. in your blood, in your bones. Yeah, and I was telling you just before I went, there's a, the first time I went to Ireland to shoot some comedy, the first guy I ran into said, ah, you're here to take the piss out of Patty, are you? Like you're here to fuck with us, are you? And I thought, no, I'm, I'm here to just get some good content, and the joke is going to be, I mean, ah, we'll see, we'll see. 
<laughs> and they're just on you right away. Oh, yeah. What are you up to? Yeah. Well, you're making fun of us, are yeah. you? Yeah. It's, it's a big, big part of the personality just to sneer, just to be a sneer, just to take the piss out of everyone. Right. Which is good because it means you can't, you know, get any... Uh, Delusions about yourself. No, you not even all. for a second. Not for a second. But no. also, I know I'm one of six. I'm a kind of. A, I'm one of five, and you're uh, one of five. Yeah. And so my brothers and sisters, even though I've had this measure of success in my business, they are, they and I know they love me, and I know they're proud of me. But um, it's just constant put down Good. jokes, and I know. <laughs> And when I come home, it's, it's you know, they give me shit that I didn't empty the dishwasher back in 1978. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's all that. And I'll say, you know, I just had this success, this nice thing happen for me. And they, you know, they gave me a medal and they're like, uh-huh, yeah. yeah you didn't wash. empty the dishwasher in 1978, you prick. <laughs> so that's what it's like. You, you must get that from your siblings my, a little bit. My, my siblings are, honest, honestly, my best friends and, and the best people I know. And they are incredibly um, supportive and yes. lovely about everything. But... Um, um, but also they don't give a shit. And why should they? Shouldn't my they, yeah. my yeah. my brother um, played rugby for Ireland, so mm. nothing I I did would ever um, reach that in any way. Right? You know, he's um, stood on a on a on a pitch and um, um, sung the national anthem while you know thirty thousand other people <laughs> sang it. Right. He's you know held their hopes and dreams in his hand. On home turf. He's got two hands, actually. They're in his hands. Really? Uh, <laughs> That's so impressive. Yes. I've read about him. It's incredible what he can do. The two-handed rugby player. Yeah. And uh, By the way, know, I'd be impressed if I understood rugby. I guess it's like American football, but just much better. And, and no one <laughs> <laughs> no one wears those silly costumes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I want to see it. I want to explain to me. It's very, it's, it's you know... It's a it's a beautiful sport. Yeah. But you all so yes, you're getting the support, but also it keeps you in check because yeah. I mean, I'll bring it up. How can you you just won a BAFTA, which is a huge deal. I know. And um, I'm telling you for the first oh, time. Oh yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it just came in over the wire. <laughs> you wow. won a BAFTA. You won a Nobel Peace Prize. No. <laughs> you won a BAFTA. You won a Peabody. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is incredible heady stuff. Were you were you there for the BAFTA ceremonies? I was. So you just yeah, flew in. I just flew in. Okay. Well, that that can I just say that that is why I said I'm exhausted to meet you. I mean, of course. I mean, I I'd be thrilled to be your friend if we ended up you having it. a tight bond. Not, bu- not buying. No, it. Not, not I'm buying only it for exhausted a because I am actually. You, exhausted. I know you flew in. Just from, really stupid. I yeah. didn't think it through. I hadn't looked at the dates properly, and uh, and and then it was done, and uh, and I just thought, no, that'll be fine because. Um, I, I write quite well on a on a plane, like I, you know, because you you don't have Wi Fi unless right. you buy it, and even then it's. I can't figure out how to buy it. I have never I've figured tried, out how to buy it, and I think once I successfully did it, it was an accident. But did you just get really delirious and start laughing? I started on your throwing. Own? I started just trying all kinds of different things, and then I got the Wi Fi, and I was so excited the captain had to come out and calm me down, <laughs> um, and no I one just, was flying the plane for a bit. Yeah, I just worry. I worry about it still you know that something will if i've got the wi-fi on something else will turn off you know yeah just the, <laughs> that's exactly how it works are you one of those people that think if you accidentally leave your phone if it's not on airplane mode the plane will crash yeah of course yeah 
It's well, when I fly with my kids, I'm I'm like turn your air flight mode on because it's really dangerous. This this plane might go down. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so so I can write really well on a plane because I don't have Wi-Fi and I'm just you know um, nothing else to do. So I thought I'll I'll write and it'll be okay. But it's you know. I swear to God when I saw because it's a big story. Sharon, that you would won the BAFTA and it's this picture of you and all the cast and you're in London. I told my publicist, well, I won't be interviewing her. Uh, she's now way too big, too big for us. I won't be seeing her. So I was pleasantly surprised that you showed up, but then re- did the math in my head and realized. I'd be knackered. Yeah. Well, I was at the Webby's last night. I came, mm-hmm. I came over to um, do that as well. I preferred was... if you had said I flew here to, just to see you, Conan. <laughs> but now we have to bring up this Webby I'm, I'm shit. I'm also going to the um, Irish Arts Centre later today. I did tell you um, that it was the embassy and then I remembered that it's not actually. It's the... Oh, you lied. I did. Well, I didn't lie. I mean, I'm, I'm jet lagged so I think I just said that word instead of Irish Arts Centre. Mm, but, no. um, but yeah, so... Oh, did you know that the Webby's... Uh, you can you you just do a five five word speech. Yes. Well, there the a man was getting an award there who had invented emojis. Can you believe that? Uh-huh. <laughs> he and he did a five emoji speech. Oh, really? And How did everyone he say went. It? Everyone went. Oh, when they saw. <laughs> <laughs> emojis it just popped up on screen it was it was really it was really i felt i was in the future did you feel at all that okay writing as we know it is over that you will be replaced by emojis that's what you um, should have been that's where my mind goes really yeah i i try not to think like that i mean i think emojis are great but you know they're they're they have limits i don't I, you can misinterpret an emoji <laughs> i have many times <laughs> It's been quite embarrassing you know, oh, for me. I thought I was having an affair. And yeah. And it turned Someone out no. I was just really angry with you. <laughs> <laughs> Someone wanted me to pick up eggplant at Someone the store. Someone wanted you to go yeah. to, the, to the farmer's market. <laughs> and I misunderstood. It's not my that fault. Can, that can happen with words though, right? That's a terrible thing. If yeah. you misinterpret or or if you're like you're not sure that's the worst if you're kind of on on the fence yeah like are they trying to say that they feel a certain way about me or are yeah. they just well, text is really strange. Funny. Yeah, I don't know. So is email. Email is very strange. But I had a, a waitress yesterday here in New York. I did an interview, and then we went out to lunch, and I was talking to her. You went she, out to lunch with the waitress after you did your interview. Did I say that incorrectly? <laughs> I thought I want to get it out there that, uh, and I don't want my wife to know that I'm <laughs> dating a waitress here in New York while she's in Los Angeles. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, no, I went to a restaurant with some of the people I work with here and the waitress made some quip and she said, I need to tell you that my, um, I cannot register sarcasm. <laughs> and she, she told me that. And I don't even think I was trying to be sarcastic. I think I was just said something silly, not wow. sarcastic. Yeah. But she said, I do need to tell you, wow. I cannot register sarcasm on people's faces and I never have. But what, said, what, what's the worst that could happen in that case? She's just not enjoying your... Your joke, your sarky joke. To me, that's the lowest level of hell. Is <laughs> is someone not enjoying not what you. I'm doing at any given moment, especially uh, a woman for some reason? That's yeah, some Oedipal craziness yeah. that's going on with me that you don't need to solve. <laughs> it's it is strange to me because I did have an Irish therapist for a number of years. Oh, really? She was terrific, and she was here in New York, and she was great. But the one thing I learned from her is that the Irish don't say um. Uh, Americans go, uh, uh, she would go, M-E-M. Oh, I say, I, oh. 
I think you say M. I, I, I say, I say, um, I know that for a fact. Okay. I'm because look I, had, I had the piss taken out of me in school relentlessly. Because you didn't being, say M. I, I guess. Yeah. But then maybe that's my, you know, spent the first three years of my life in London oh. thing. Maybe I learned the M there. Yeah. Not the eh. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a room of rejected mascot memorabilia. Is it real? No one knows. But we do know NJM is proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Tell me about yourself, young girl. Did you know that this was what you're interested in? You're interested in writing, you're interested in creating. Did you know at a young age this is for you, or is it something you figured out later on? Um, I think I knew at a young age. I knew that I liked to make people laugh because, and, and that would be, I guess, the big family thing, yep. wouldn't it? Yes. Um, so I did very bad impressions. And, you know, we'd do them for my 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 mum and dad. And um, you know, I I like to write, but um but I think I thought my, my, my path was was acting and, and you know, comedy acting specifically. That was what I was kind of drawn to. And uh gosh, it just took so long and uh nothing was happening. You know, at I, all. I I know this about you and it doesn't make sense to me that it took so long because yeah. well, um, the concept of you waiting around for any period of time and nobody <laughs> seeing it seems yeah, it kind years. of crazy. Yeah, I think I was like 36 or something um, <clears throat> when I got um, Pulling, which is our, mm -hmm. our first um, thing that um, Dennis Kelly and I wrote. But yeah, previous to that. But then I have to say, I think I, it was also my fault. I think I was just, um, you know... Um, I'm not very good at putting myself out there or, or, or you know, I've kind of d done a bit of head work on it. I thought, well, maybe I was sort of worried about failing or something, you know, so that if I if I put myself out there and, and if I tried and I failed, then then that's it. And at yeah. least if I kept putting it off and just like getting stoned or whatever, right. um, then then maybe I could say, well, I haven't given it a proper go yet, right, you know, right. so possibly that. Have you done therapy? Have you have you explored therapy? Um, I, I, I do it more now, not not so much. Because Freud famously said the only people that are immune to therapy are the Irish. Really? Yeah. And um, I'd well, like that, to think he what? was wrong because I've had a ton of it, but he just thinks that we're, he, uh, I think he just thought, yeah, those Irish, they, I can't crack them. <laughs> That's, do you know where that, like, well, did it just come from him getting a few bad gigs? <laughs> <laughs>
I don't know what it was. I don't know where it comes from. I may That's even so be misquoting him, but I've often heard this quote that that he said that, uh, yeah, the Irish, the, you know, like therapy will work on anyone, not the Irish. And it kind of makes sense to me because all my friends who went and saw Banshees of Inishir and came away and said, oh my God, what madness, what madness, you know, the throwing fingers at the door and the donkey dying and just madness and this ridiculous spat over nothing. And I watched the movie and said, yeah, that adds up. <laughs> I think I think well, my relatives are about a, one click away from throwing, severing <laughs> fingers and throwing them at each other. So, um, but yeah, it is we interesting. We had confession, I suppose. Right. You know, just go into a little box and say everything you did wrong. I mean, I think that's how I do therapy, really. I mean, I, I, I always assume I'm doing it wrong yeah. anyway. Isn't it really just someone making you feel okay about your bad choices? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You're paying someone I, to say, you know, I would plenty of people uh, abandon their family <laughs> and uh, go on a nine-day cocaine binge in Las Vegas. And then... Uh, <laughs> kill a prostitute. So, yeah, exactly. Kill a prostitute. But then and in you, Ireland, they'd say... Do, uh, are you sorry? <laughs> you would say yes, and then you get some six hail marys to say, and yeah. then you're you're all like you got a clean slate. Yeah. Do you? When was the last? I mean, I went to confession. I haven't been to confession in a long time, but I remembered thinking, what metric are they using to figure out how many hail marys? How many? I don't know. And it, it was so specific. Like, yeah. well, I you know I I got this rental car and I scraped it up a bit, but then I covered it with whiteout, and um, they're like, <laughs> oh yeah. That would be four Our Fathers and six Hail Marys. Yeah. And then you'd say, oh, and on the way back, I ran into a, a, a whole bunch of people at a crosswalk and fled the scene. Okay, seven Hail Marys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At what point do they just call I the police? I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to, I, I stopped confession quite young, actually, because it did um, freak me out. It's scary. I found it very scary. And I remember telling my mum that I that I found it scary and she's very sweet about it because she's a, you know, pretty religious lady. And uh, so I said, look, I'll keep going to mass, but I don't want to, I don't want to do the confession thing. I went to convent school, the Sacred Heart, and um, they would do big um, con confession, like galas, where in our sports hall, like all priests from all around the area, and I don't know, maybe there was a couple of cardinals, or they would they would um, fill the hall, and we would all um, they'd be all like situated at different spots, and you'd get into these big queues. All 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 the all the students would be in the middle, and you get into these queues, and you'd be like, "Oh, which priest am I going to get?" And uh, and, and you'd make your way up, and then you would confess to them, and then you would confess, and it was kind of felt a bit out in the open because you know you're not in a box like you normally are. That's so insane. It's, take it, I mean, in this country, what you were describing is a pep rally. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's an event where people get together and go, go team and, and maybe yeah. do some punch or a yeah. prom. And uh, you guys turned it into a, you queue up to talk to a priest about <laughs> yeah. something terrible. About your done. sins. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I hope, but drinks are served, I'm hoping. Uh, well, you know, when you're, when you're little and you do it, you kind of, you end up, making them up like I would that's what I, I did lie I always made them up sins. yeah because you're just a kid. I mean you don't really do any bad shit when you're a kid I mean apart from I mean obviously there's some evil children out there yeah but um <laughs> no but there's uh 
I, I, it's funny you say that because I distinctly remember making things yeah. up. And sometimes I got too creative and I'd say, you know, I forged a banknote and they'd be like, <laughs> I'm eight, you know, I committed wire fraud. I would say things just to try and, you know, that I had heard about that yeah. I didn't know. Or you'd use things you'd read like I, there was a pie cooling on the, oh, by the open window. <laughs> The year was 1932, and I stole a pie from a cooling window and then lived down by the train tracks and ate beans out of a can. You know, I think people don't... It would be inspiring for people to know uh, a lot of artists, actors, writers struggle, but you were really living on the edge for a while when you were starting out, meaning more or less squatting in places to kind of... because. You didn't necessarily, couldn't make rent. Yeah, I mean, I I squatted for about, um, I think it was about three and a half years. Um, Good God. But, you know, and it might have been longer. I think I was in one place three and a half years and then I sort of squatted in a few other areas around London. So it was, it was probably a bit longer than that. But it was a bit of a lifestyle thing as well, you right. know. I mean, I, 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 I had a job and, you know, I just wasn't, you know, clearly I wasn't, I wasn't in, in the industry at that point. <laughs> I, was, I was working in, in Kilbred, actually, the most Irish place in London uh -huh. that I could possibly find. And, and uh, I was working in a job centre. So I didn't earn very much, but I definitely earned enough for rent. It was, it was kind of a, you bohemian know. Bohemian choice, maybe? It was a, I think it was a bit of a bohemian choice. Like I arrived, arrived in London with um like 90 quid. So I, I, I couldn't afford rent when I came over first but then you know I got a job and but at that point I was you know just part of this um this sort of yeah lifestyle uh I guess loads of Irish people and you would sort of there was a lot of um we we lived in a in a high-rise flat and we occupied a, a, a an apartment <laughs> on the on the 18th floor that was furnished with um stuff that we found on the street uh -huh, and uh -huh. you know um it was just, it was kind of fun. I mean, the 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 when I stopped doing it, I I, I squatted this sort of um, disused um, shop in in Camden, and and we got like you know the heavies came round because really it was it was legal at the time as long as you got into the um, the building and you didn't cause any damage or if you did you know if you it you wasn't broke a big in, deal necessarily. wasn't a big deal you had like squatters' rights. Um, but then if you squatted a property that was private and, um, you know, the landlord knew a few lads with baseball right. bats, then it wasn't um, great. So that that's what happened. They kind of like rushed rushed us. Please tell me you're staying at a hotel here in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you would win the BAFTA, give a speech, leave the the theater, the theater or the auditorium with the with all the flash bulbs and the cheers and good and then go out to an alley and lie down. <laughs> no, I, Old I, habits die hard. I have a home now and yeah. Oh, I just wanted to determine that. That's yeah, good. I just yeah. was worried about it's you. Good. I do worry. Um, <laughs> so uh, you're such a, I'll use the word impeccable. I think your writing is impeccable. You're oh. such a great terrific writer and uh i know i started as a writer and struggled with this transition into performing it's i knew it's what i wanted to do but had trouble figuring out what's my path right you said that initially you thought of yourself as someone who would be in front of the camera but at what point do you realize i'm i'm i can write I, i'm a this is i have a superpower here god i don't know like really really recently because i think um 
I, I, I really do think if you start out as a performer, you sort of, you continue to see yourself as that and uh, mm-hmm. you feel a bit cheeky calling yourself a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd be like, I'm an actor and I do a bit of writing. And, you know, because it was something I sort of learnt on, on the job, you know, and I had a lot of great um, people along the way who, who you know, taught me how, how to be better. Um, I felt like I was kind of, you know, I kind of felt it was down to them, and I kind of felt like if I if I was sort of um, just cast away on my own, I I wouldn't be able to do it. Like I yeah. just sort of built this thing in my head, and and so I really just had to start. I really just had to start doing it on my own before I even remotely considered myself to be a writer, and and then I just had to build up confidence with that. And you know, you just conv- convinced yourself it was a fluke. We well, said um, your initial show, you have the success, and then it's not followed up right away. Is that right? Oh yeah. With pulling, it's just, yeah. it was, it was, which maybe rattles the confidence a little bit. Was I that, think, was I that just that a was one-off? It. Was that just all I had in the tank? I th- absolutely thought that was, um, that was a one-off and, and I got really, really lucky with pulling because, um, I mean, I started in sketch comedy and, um, you know, there was kind of a team of us and, and I really enjoyed that. But then once I started writing sitcom, once I started writing characters and narrative, I thought, well, no, this is everything. This is all I want to do now. So, you know, you I wrote loads of um, pilots and um, yeah. just got on this conveyor belt of making pilots over here, like in, in L.A., like thought, oh, well, I've, I've, uh, I'll make my fortune over here and... And there was this thing that I'd never experienced in the UK of 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 it being like a success to to get to get a pilot to make a pilot, and you know that whole thing of you know everyone gets on the phone and they tell you they're going to pick up your pilot. Excitement! Everyone, everyone loves it. Yeah, and then and then you know it doesn't get made into anything, but that's not considered fa- failing really. Like you you come over the next year and you have another go and you got another pilot and everyone's like hey, and whereas I just felt like I was kind of going around in circles for. I mean, five years at least just, uh, and also I had this thing where I was kind of making pilots that were ending up as something that I didn't, even if they got picked up, I would have been like, I don't want to make that. Yeah. You know, because it changes. You, got, you get your notes. You get you your notes. You change things and, a little bit. And then. Especially if you're, if you're new, if you're a bit of a rookie, you're kind of going, you know, they do that thing where they say, um. Um, well, if you make this change, it's just it's just for the sales tool. It's just, you know, we'll make this change. We'll add the voiceover. It won't be like that in the series. We'll just add a voiceover across the whole thing. Right. And um, and then in series, we, you know, and so you kind of get caught up in that a bit and you make all these changes and you end up with something that isn't remotely like, you know, the thing you sort of hoped it would be. And so for the most part, most of the time, I was just kind of praying that things wouldn't get picked up. I don't know if you've had this, but one of my favorite times is when I'm done with the performance and I'm meeting with everybody in the, you know, in the dressing room afterwards and we're going through the the show and talking about everything. And then I know we're going out to dinner and I get to have some wine. That moment when I'm wiping the makeup off, but I know I'm going off to dinner and we're all going to be wise asses, right. but the show was a success. Yeah. That's a moment that I absolutely adore. Yeah. And I know it's never going to be quite that good again, you know, until <laughs> the, until I get to the next one. Yeah. Because it can change on a dime, can't it? You yeah. know, like I've had, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been pretty happy with something and someone's gone in and 
and sort of fiddled with it and and I've watched it and gone, oh, well, it's a load of old shit. I mean, this is right. clearly a, a, a terrible piece of work. And so it doesn't take much for me to sort of lose my confidence. And um, because I, I, I do think there is not a, a huge amount of difference in, in, you know, when something's good and great, right? It's just like detail and, you yeah. know, trusting yourself and your taste and all that. You've done a great job of finding these other people because I know you met Rob Delaney through Twitter and you guys, of course, worked together on Catastrophe. And that's how I met you. You came on yeah. promoting that. And remember that grabbing my attention and thinking, okay, this person's really special. But you, you know, finding voices that you know, I can work with this person. Yeah. This person, finding a good creative partner is not unlike going on a good date. It's just finding that we've got that freeze on, we've got something that yeah. connects. I've been really lucky. I don't know how it's worked out for me, really. I, I mean, because I, I make a show in, in the UK called Motherland and that mm -hmm. is with, um, you know, co-writers as well. And um, I don't know. I've just gotten really lucky, I think, because I do, it's a scary thing, isn't yeah. it? It's a really scary thing. And, you know, um, any of my writing partners I've gone through, um, like, you know, I've lost confidence with in myself, yeah. you know, yeah. um, where I've found it too hard to sort of say something that I think is funny just because of, you know, just losing my um, confidence. But um, but it's getting to that place where you feel like an old married couple where you really don't give a shit, you know, where you will fart in front of them and and not and not be worried, you know, right. if it smells. I, I'm That's a metaphor. I'm not, I don't fart in front of Rob Delaney or Dennis Kelly or... Well, I think you just said you did, <laughs> and we've got that now. We've, I'd like to say we've got it on tape, but I know it's all digital. Where do I come from a different but time? But you know, you know that yeah. thing of like not being scared. If of you course. say something stupid, you say something not well, funny. Uh, you know, all the people that I love working with, uh, I love my exercise is what's the worst thing I could do in this situation? <laughs> what's the, what's the, and I, I spin out these wild scenarios of we're here in a restaurant. What's the worst thing I could do that would end my, end me. And it's just something where I make a complete total ass of myself and I spin it out in great detail and I can always see it perfectly clearly. And people will be laughing at that, and I don't know what it is, but it's it's this comfort that I can say these horrible things <laughs> to my friends about what I'm going to do uh -huh. in this restaurant that will finish me forever. <laughs> um, and uh, we talk about it, and it's just a joy. It's a joy to have people like that in your life. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I was most blew me away. I was thinking about this from a writing standpoint with Bad Sisters is. You're one of, um, is it, how many sisters is it? I'm trying to count up. You're one of how many sisters in, in Bad Sisters? In my real life? Or no, no, in, 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 in Bad Sisters, it's one of five. It's, it's one of five. Yeah. That's right. So it's, yeah, it's uh, same number of siblings in real life, but you're one of five. And I was watching the show and each sister is so distinct. Each one has a different voice. Each one is a very complete character. I believe totally that they're sisters, but also they're completely separate from each other and they have very different voices. And I thought that's incredible writing because I, I don't know how you do that. It's a, it, you know what I mean? It feels like a magic trick to me. Oh, do you know, I, I do think that, well, I have to say that there is, um, you know, the, the original series, um, clan, the Belgian series. Right. Right. Was, was great. And you really like the thing that made me fall in love with it and want to adapt it was, was the sisters and their, and their relationship. But, 
I think I think it is the hardest thing to do because whenever whenever I write anything, all all you have is like you know you you write down a name and you decide someone's called you know Bob or whatever, and then it's just I always go with I always start with Bob, whether it's a woman, a man, a dog, it's Bob. I used to call all my characters either um, I think I think it was Harry if it was a man. And Louise, if it was a female, mm-hmm. and I, I finished a script once and realized there was um, two two characters in the script called Harry. <laughs> That's how bad I was with names. But um, I'm going to take back all my compliments about your writing. <laughs> You're a terrible writer. No, but you know, you start yeah. you start out with. Um, I think the character comes over time. I think you do like a lot of character work leading up to sitting down and actually starting. But but still, they're not defined, yeah. you know. And I think it's just something that, um, you know, you have to, um, um, you just have to give a lot of time to, and you choose people in your life that it that it's based on. But even that's not enough, you know. You kind of, as you write it, you kind of realize that there there's there's just certain idiosyncrasies there, and uh, you just keep leaning into it. Yeah. And it risks at a certain point, it risks becoming a sort of a caricature, you know, becoming, you know, if you decide like with Ursula, we just decided that she, she should just really shit her pants <laughs> more than any of the others. She's such a, <laughs> you know, she's got so much um, responsibility in her life and she has a disabled son and she's a nurse and right, right. she's the kind of character who you think would, um, you know, have it ca- all together. Yeah. But the, the very thought of getting um, caught doing this thing, it just, you know, um, that the, the yeah, Panic it's surprising, in her. surprising that she's yeah. the one that's transgressing. It's a nice word. Yeah, um, lovely. I want to <laughs> let's write a series together called Transgressing. Oh, I think yeah. What yeah. Would it be you better? seem really thrilled about this idea. <laughs> I've I've managed to get titles are Sha- hard. Though. Sharon Horgan to agree to doing a project with me called Transgressing, uh, and it's at this. You know, but you've, maybe been, you've never been may- more powerful. Maybe just transgression because I think titles with ing have sort of they've done. Around, haven't they? They've kind of, you know, there's okay. enough, there's enough ings. So you were already fighting. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, you kind of you you lean you lean yeah, into yeah. it, and then you you hope it doesn't become a um, a cartoon. And then, like with the sisters, I kind of thought I I've been all of those ages. Right. You know, I've been Becca. You yeah, know, yeah. and even though I haven't lost an eye ever, you know, um, I, I've I've you know. I've been angry, you know. Yeah. I've points in my life. I've I've been a very angry woman, you know. I've I've not been the oldest um, child, but um, you know, I was able to draw my own sister for that. And you just try and give as much um, truth. I think. I think that's the thing. When people dig your show, it's normally because they they yep. really believe it, right? And and because I, I know that's what I love watching. It doesn't matter if the characters are, you know, really great people or monsters, as long as I. Um, believe them that I'm, I'm fully in. I am in awe of a lot of this because I, I don't do it. Meaning I started in sketch, stayed in sketch. The only writing I did at length was for The Simpsons. So literally cartoon. Um, <laughs> but what a, what a great family oh, great. of characters. I mean, it's such a great, uh, such a great gig. And I loved it. And it's some of my favorite stuff that I've done. But I never... I've, even though I've had a great career as a writer, never delved into storytelling and uh, on the level that, you know, someone like yourself doing where you, you figure out these people and you figure out who they are and you breathe life into them. And so that's why I find it endlessly fascinating. Right. And when someone's so good at it, I'm just, 
I, I just want to keep asking them, how do you do that? <laughs> and the end of the day is you can just do it. I think, well, I don't know. It, it's, I, it's definitely something that you're continu- continuously, you know, um, learning all mm-hmm. the time. You have to be or you're screwed anyway. But I think what I try and do is take um, the characters out of the, you know, the situation of the sitcom or whatever it is or the drama and think, would they work outside yeah. of that particular situation? Right. And if they're still funny or yeah. interesting away from, you know, the office or that family yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, then then you think, oh, well, I've got good characters. Well, I will say this. They're great characters and also really funny. I mean, that's the great trick about Bad Sisters is that it is drama and it is suspense in moments, real suspense in moments, and really funny. Oh, thank I mean, you. The, and you've got such a great touch. I, I imagine, I don't know, but I just would have to imagine that there were times in your life where you're saying, I'm a writer and I know how to do this. And there might have, I'm guessing, people say, uh, well, in a sexist way, no. You oh, know? Uh, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm going to make that assumption and then you fill in the blank. Of course that happened. Yeah. Of course that happened. I mean, it kind of, um, when I was starting out, it happened in, in quite a big way. I was part of a little sort of sketch um, troupe and um, one of the one of the chaps in, in the troupe just told me that I wasn't a writer. You know, he was like, you are a good producer. You're a great producer. And, and, and he was going, you, and you are inval- invaluable to me as, as a writer. What? What is he talking? What, what is he saying? He meant that I was able to bring the best out of him. But, I but it, see. But, it but just, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly do it But I couldn't be yourself. a writer myself. Yeah. But like, it's weird that that kind of thing stays with you. And it, for, for a good while, I thought, no, I am a good producer. I do know how to, you know, I, I know, you know, even when I would write with, with, with Rob, I would, I sort of feel like no, I'm really, I'm really good at getting the best out of Rob. I'm good at you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, pointing um, writers in the direction they should be going, or helping sort of see the the bigger picture, like the overview. But that's that's just you know makes me really angry to think of you know that that's where my head head was at because because that you know when when people sort of put limits on you, you kind of end up sort of limiting yourself. Really, yeah, you don't can buy you? you very easily buy really into it. easily buy into it. Yeah. So that's I just decided I was you know a producer for years. But um, but no, I I I love writing, and I think you know that's how you become better at something, isn't it? When you kind of love it, and then you you put the hours in. Yeah, I think for me it was all about. I wanted to be in front of the camera, but I wanted control. So I always yeah. liked being able to. I would I could find great writers, but I also knew what my voice sounded like, and I wanted to be able to write for myself, yeah, and control that. And so, um, you know, I'm just all I ask is that you, at some point, cast me. <laughs> you know, what would some, you like to? What would you? I'll be a wa- I'll be? be a waiter in the back. Really? I mean, I'm really will take any shit part, but I would just love to say. I would love to say, oh yeah, no, I'm working with uh, working with Sharon Horgan. Uh, she's cast me. You're in a, you know, really? Yes. And then even <laughs> if it's just, I walk by in the background. I won't change my hair. That has to be as ridiculous okay. as it is okay. in real life. Yeah. But um. But I will. So you you're happy to be a a big distraction within whatever scene it I is. I will walk in in the background. It'll be a basically a guy carrying a tray. But I will stop and I will shoot the lens with my eyes. <laughs> For just a moment and slightly smile, break the wall and then keep moving. Well, you know, you have got that level of charisma. And 
you're the you meanest. Just... You're the meanest person I'm going to talk to today. I love it. I love you it. You could shut down my show just for the look. Just I want to stop the scene. Oh yeah, yeah. People would say we love that part. That part <laughs> tested through the ceiling, where that American idiot in the background <laughs> ruined everything. Um, you are incredibly busy. You're. Uh, you're a massive star uh, and you are on to bigger and better things today. Uh, but I want to congratulate you. I love Bad Sisters. Anyone who's listening right now who hasn't seen it, do yourself a, a major treat and watch it. It's absolutely delightful and um, you're going to just fall in love with it. Uh, and sincere, sincere congratulations. Thank I'm you so, so I'm got a major uh, crush on you. <laughs> In all the ways, in all the good ways. Thank you. And maybe some of the creepy ways, but we'll leave that for another day. And I'll see that you're escorted out of the building safely. Oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Thank so, you so please, much. yeah, I will not be that Irish person who's taking the piss out of you. I'm delighted for you. I you would do- be I would be delighted to be sneered by you. That would that would be that'd be glorious. I'll so, get the fuck know. out of here then. Okay. Well, fuck you. <laughs> The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com streaming. NetSuite.com streaming. People think the new fresh fragrances from Glade are fresher than fresh. Like artist Angela. you met someone who has since reached out to us. This is uh, Jay Elmore, and he's the executive chef of EJ's Luncheonette in New York City. And he says that he would like to name some specials after the hosts of the podcast. A Gourley Burger, a Mobsessian Salad, a Conan Sandwich, any ingredient, I'll make it happen. Someone was silly enough to put me in charge of a restaurant, and I'm desperate for new ideas for specials. That's a, this is nice. I yeah. love this. I think I remembered meeting this gentleman I love right outside EJ's Luncheonette. And um, I would love, I will say, it's a slippery slope, this sandwich thing. Yeah. Because I remembered uh, getting a sandwich named after me once at a deli in New York City. And I was thrilled, thrilled. And it was the Conan and, it, you know, corned beef and, mm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's Russian good. dressing and all this great stuff. And I was so thrilled. It was at a Midtown diner. And what happens is you're excited and you go in and you look up and you see your name up there. And it's up there with, you know, get the Liza Minnelli hot dog. Yeah. You know, um, get the Ed Sheeran chilled broth. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and then um, there's the Conan. And I, got, I was so excited and proud. And then I think I wandered by like a year later. Gone. Oh no. And so here's the here's the thing about show business. You're so excited when you start on the way up and then the inevitable fall. Oh, come on. No, the sandwich disappears. The no. sandwich come disappears. On. This is the, the fault of the sandwich, not you. No, I'm just saying 
that I'm excited to for us to create these sandwiches and they're going to be at EJ's, yeah. right? Luncheonette. And I'm very excited about this. And we should each think right now about what we want. But also, I'm just telling you, kids, as the old veteran, that one day you're, you're going to go by EJ's and you're going to see, oh, you know, there's the uh, there's the Sonam Obsession uh, hummus wrap or whatever. Why? Oh, no, does it well, have to no, be a hummus No, like with lamb and... Why? Because you love your... Native Does it, land. My native land? Oh. Lamb or land? Either one's fine. Oh. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, come on. No, it's true. And you know, the Gourley mayonnaise sandwich. It's just mayonnaise? It's just mayonnaise. That sounds pretty God. good. Uh, but anyway, I, um, I'm telling you, there's going to be the thrill. But then you're going to wander by and then inevitably it's gone. No, and then you feel you. the crushing blow. That's you. Because yeah. you had a sandwich named after you. That's exciting. It's not going to be there forever. But you're like, oh, is it still there? It's not. Well, I must be irrelevant then. I should just go die. <laughs> that's what I That's what I said. <laughs> that's not normal. That's what I exactly said when I saw that they had taken my sandwich away from this Midtown establishment. Yeah, but it uh, it, it was there once. Who cares if it's not yeah, there anymore? What's wrong with you? It's an honor just to be nom nom yeah, nominated. I mean, don't be sad. It's not there. Be happy it ever happened. I don't know what the saying. What did you just nom nom nominated? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> He's been, I can tell when you've been crafting an arrow. Sona and I are jabbering away and you're in the background crafting it. That one I did well, sit on for about 10 nom seconds. Noms. Let's nom, see. Nom, nom. Okay. And I talked over it. And I'm then you're sorry. already upset. Oh, trust me, uh, no. The horribleness of it came through. Uh, no, I think I that one liked it. needed to be run over. Needed to be said. No, yeah. but I think you're, you're so dwelling on why okay, it's not there let's anymore. Let's talk about the positive. What are your sandwiches going to be? What do you want, Gorley? Mine's a hummus wrap. No, no, seriously, no. what is it? Yeah, I don't what mean do you to... want it to be. Yeah. What's your like what I food? when you first said that, I was like, well, obviously a gyro. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I see you eating that food all the time. I it's know, not because I love it. I'm not profiling you. I'm saying that that's no, what you really like. When you say it, you are being like, well, Sona's ethnic, so let's put some hummus in there. I say it because I actually do love gyros. They're my favorite thing. I've been but watching you eat them do. for 15 years. I've been watching you eat them for 15 years and then I'm the one that's bad because yeah. I'm pointing out what you already like? I can, Both things I can, can be say true. It. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you. Okay. Oh, I have to wait till you say the yes. sandwich you eat every yes. day. Yes, yeah, okay. then you said lamb. Yeah. So what do you want? What do you want to call it? The Sona is going to be what? Specifically. Oh, specifically? I'm not that. Can you guys come back to me? Girls, no, you, you just have, said it was. A, it's, it's Sona a, Euro. Yeah, that's But fine. don't call it the Mofsesian Euro because it's that's hard to pronounce. So just yeah. call it the Sona Euro. It's the Sona Euro. Do you want any special ingredients in there besides what's normally in a Euro? I don't want any fucking tomatoes in there. Okay. Yeah, I don't want Maybe any Maybe it says underneath the Sona yeah. Euro, no fucking tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the key. We yeah. got it. And what yeah. about you, Gorley? I think I'm going to be, because uh, he said burger, but I really love a patty melt, but we'll call it the Maddie Pelt. <laughs> okay, that sandwich will. That I mean, it just sounds that will appetizing. Dis right? That will disappear immediately. <laughs> the same day. Pelt, pelt. Uh, it, uh, come, calls to mind uh, a scalps. I'm gonna put scalps in a pelt. Why I want the beef to have grown a, a week's amount of of mold that just looks like a pelt. Okay. Why just, not just the Maddie melt? It's the same yeah, thing. Maddie oh, melt. Just okay. call it Maddie melt. Yeah. Get right. the Maddie melt. Okay. Get the so Maddie what's, melt. What, what, Maddie and so pelt. what is it? What is on it? Well, it's it's a uh, soured. No, let's go raw. No, soured dough bread with mm -hmm. a, a beef, a thin beef patty. Yep. Like a smash burger patty. Cool. Um. American cheese, mm -hmm. um, and then there's um, 
thousand, maybe a little thousand island. Right. And, oh, and then there's the these are mo- the most boring ingredients, and you're saying them, you're saying them as if you've come up with the magical way to turn lead into gold. Behold, a thin patty, and then no one saw this coming. Some cheese and just a tiny bit of grilled onions. Grilled onions. Nice onions. Oh, and, oh, and here's something I'm going to put in there. Thousand Island. I'm going to, uh, and also it should have a little toothpick with an American flag. It doesn't include Hawaii in honor of it being like it's the 50s. Yeah, yeah. Pre-Alaska and pre-Hawaii. The yes, 48. 48 states <laughs> yeah. flag. Little. What? Yeah. I, like I just that. thought, what if EJ's is a Chinese food restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get some very confused customers. Okay, I know what I want, and yeah. it's very simple, and what? it's not a bit. I love uh, a corned beef sandwich um, with uh, coleslaw. Russian dressing. This is the same one that got. <laughs> I know. Got we're going at it again. Oh my god! You're and you know what I want? I want it, it on a bulky roll. This is the exact same uh, sandwich that uh, that I tried before. I think that one also had some turkey. This time I'm just going hardcore. It's corned beef. It's all corned beef. Russian dressing. I love Russian dressing. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh I want to change something. I don't want sourdough bread. I want Hawaiian bread for mine because that's what makes it different and that's what makes it delicious. They're never EJ's can't stock Hawaiian bread. I for love the that one my... in a one hundred thousand times someone wants your kooky no, sandwich. And it's gonna have the flag with no Hawaii on the flag. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, I see. So but I love like, Hawaiian bread. It's so good. I don't know what it Hawaiian is, bread oh, is. It is good. Oh, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, it okay. it's all stuck together. It comes in that pack and it's laying flat. It all stuck together and you yeah. pull them apart and yeah. they're like little, little rolls. Yeah. Okay. Well, EJ's, uh, good you're, luck with your, <laughs> with your final year in business as a restaurant. <laughs> if you want to enjoy any of these tasty treats, go quickly <laughs> before this guy wises up. <laughs> and learn limited time only. <laughs> yes, you've probably only got hours to get to EJ's Luncheonette and try and buy uh, these sandwiches. But sir, it was nice meeting you um, <laughs> on the street. And, yeah, and please never try and you. Many businesses have tried to ride the Conan O'Brien train <laughs> to big riches, and it never works out. Yeah. All right, good luck to you, EJ's. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.